0: We were designed for deep and intimate connection, but far too often we find ourselves on relational autopilot. You want the marriage you dreamed of, not the marriage that you're settling for.
1: Each week we share personal and professional stories, giving you tools and guidance, empowering you to restore and reimagine the marriage you always wanted. Welcome to the Thrive Marriage Podcast. Tracy, there's a couple things that get you pretty riled up. (laughs) Just a couple. Just a few. Same for me, but just a few that kind of get our fires started. And uh, one of them is is another podcast that's out there recently from Christianity Today that uh, you and I have both been listening to.
0: Indeed. And, and I think a lot of other people have been listening to also. So the rise and fall of Mars Hill Church and who killed Mars Hill.
1: Yes. Yeah, which is interesting. So I I lived in Seattle mm-hmm. during this season that Mars Hill Church existed and it literally was uh, just about a block away or a block and a half away from the graduate school that I was going to which happened at that time to also be called Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, two very different entities, two completely separate entities, not related, but it was called Mars Hill Graduate School and then Mars Hill Church. And uh, they were both red brick buildings in downtown Seattle, about a block and a half away from each other. And yeah, it was an interesting season of life and to watch Mars Hill Church uh, grow and expand and uh, over the landscape of Seattle and all the new like satellite campuses and and individual churches that were being planted across the city, and then Acts twenty nine was growing and becoming a thing uh, during that season the, that I was there in Seattle. Mm-hmm. It was interesting, and for those that maybe have heard of the podcast, please listen to it. It's fascinating to to hear some of the people that were my classmates uh, were both uh, Mars Hill Church congregants, people that were attending there, uh, but then probably more so there were people who had been wounded by Mars Hill Church that were a part of my graduate program. And even one of the podcasts is about one of my classmates that, uh, that I got to know pretty well. Uh, so it's just, it's a fascinating podcast to listen to, but that's not why we're here to talking about it is because there's some things in the podcast the rise and fall of Mars Hill that have a really significant impact in our work with people and the history of what Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll did against marriages.
0: Yes to all of that. And I, you know, I'm thinking about even our last episode where we talked about that, um, the number of times that we have people saying like, you know, just tell me what to do. (laughs) And as I, as I listen to, uh, you know, some of what um, facilitated or, or why the growth happened the way that it did at Mars Hill Church, I, I think it springboards off of that very idea that we want to be told what to do. And Mark Driscoll and others in the beginning, it wasn't just about Mark, they were charismatic They had a clear direction they wanted to go and they had very clear ideas that they communicated about this is like, this is who we are. This is how we do things. This is what it means to be part of us. And that energy of like, we are, we are moving the gospel forward. We are fighting the good fight and you can, you can do it too. And here's how, and. I, I think something in that resonated mm-hmm. for people.
1: Yeah, it resonates. And it's not just Marshall Church. I mean, there's all kinds of ministries and churches that have that kind of clarity. And if you are on our bus, you are moving the gospel forward and you are participating in the great work of God. The other part that was a part of that, and the the podcast gets into this pretty significantly, is that Mark had a very clear teaching and perspective over what he claimed was biblical masculinity, biblical femininity, biblical marriage, and some very kind of clear boundaries of what that was and what that wasn't. And he preached a lot about that, probably more about masculinity than anything else, but then his version of masculinity, what that meant for femininity and the impacts of that, and what that meant both for men and women and husbands and wives.
0: Yeah, and again it resonated. Right. Again, it grew and there was something attractive about it and as I as I listened to the podcast, uh I I found myself noticing this sort of tension that I felt inside because Mark's version of masculinity, I I think it falls in the realm of what we're hearing today referred to even as toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and 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 toxic masculinity damages men and damages women
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I think that's something that it's like that this was so attractive and and yet and it's hard to put your finger on why is is this toxic why is this actually not okay? Because he he puts forth sort of this very strong, like men should lead, men should protect their families, men should provide well for their families. Women are worthy of protection. And there's something in that that's like, huh, that feels good. Most women want to feel cared for by their husbands and they want their husbands to provide well for the family. Like that all resonates, but alongside it is this subtle. And then there's moments where it's not so subtle. You know, we learn yeah. that the further you get into the podcast, and in uh Mark and Grace Driscoll's book, Real Marriage, I think this is very unsubtle. The objectification of women housed inside the context of marriage. And and I think that this is like this is really hard for people to wrap their brains around.
1: And the podcast even gets into that, where they talk about how the bind that so much good was happening from the church, so many people were coming to faith, so much, uh, you know, the impact and communities and goodness and baptisms and all that kind of stuff, things were happening in the church at the same time as these toxic kinds of abusive, spiritually abusive experiences were happening also and the the both end of those things is and you just a moment ago you paused like yes it does there there is something in that that feels really good and yet there's also some things in that that feel really really off and really bad
0: and and now you've just named this is this is the nature of abuse this is what happens in an abuse setting when i sit and talk to somebody who's a survivor of you know, of any kind of abuse, but particularly sexual abuse, you're not sexually abused by somebody you didn't know. It happens most often in the context of family and friendship. And so there's something good that's meeting a legitimate need that your soul and your mind and your body has. And then alongside it is this harmful toxin that's that's being introduced into this thing that I really need and that feels really good. So we could make this a podcast about the podcast. And and I don't totally wanna to do that because I don't want couples that are listening to us to lose track of why are we bringing this up. And so part of why we're bringing this up is because I think it's such a valuable question and, and a courageous question to be willing to consider Where in our marriage have we written something, probably unintentionally, but where have we written something that we've got that dynamic going, where there's something that's actually like toxic to our marriage that has been woven in alongside things that are meeting genuine needs that our hearts and our minds and our bodies have? How do we write that out right of the marriage story so that we're moving together towards something more wholehearted more biblically grounded more full of faith
1: and more unique to your own the story of your own marriage right rather than this co-opting of someone else's story that you've imported and maybe copied and pasted from someone else's version of what your marriage should be versus an exploration between the two of you of what is it we actually want to write into our marriage?
0: In the podcast and and in the book, you know, here's something that I, I agree. I agree that in inside the context of your marriage, there is incredible freedom with regards to sex and, and what you want to explore and what you want to say yes to, like, there's a lot of freedom there. And for somebody that grew up in the midst of purity culture, that was a really important message and hard for me to metabolize. And Mark Driscoll is very clear about that. He's very graphically clear about that. And the missing component, what doesn't get said, what isn't part of what is clearly communicated there is that you're co-authoring this. You're co-authoring this. And so all things are permissible and not all things are valuable. Right. I think Paul said that, right? Was some, Paul a good guy? Some other
1: wise person said that. Some other wise <laughs>
0: person said that. That kind of circles back to what you were just talking about. Like, what are we co authoring here, and I think particularly in the realm of sexual intimacy, couples need help knowing how to even have those conversations, how to, how to bring to that space the truth of the stories that they've lived. How do I share those things? How do we hold those things together as a couple? How do we then together decide how we move forward? In, in things that both meet the desires that one another has and honors the scars and maybe the wounds that that have impacted what feels good for both of us, mm-hmm. what we can both say yes to. And
1: yeah. it certainly is in that realm of, of sexuality, especially. Um, and I think what you just articulated was brilliant, but it's also all in all the areas of our marriage. Whose script are we living? Are we living someone else's script? Or are we living our script? Are we living someone else's story? Or are we living our story? And I think what's coming up from the the Marcel podcast and the attraction to Mark and the whole system was that he told you what to do and he told you what story to live and he told you, you know, how to be and what to do and and, and all that stuff. And there's some, like you said, some attraction to that.
0: There's attraction to that. But, but the other thing that happened is that because it happened inside community is that there's also, it cultivated this false sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. And so our couple over here is doing the same thing that your couple over there is, and that your couple over there is. And so, and, and so we all look the same. And so, Ooh, we, we belong. Oh, that feels good. Except. You don't actually belong. You belong to a system. You don't belong to yourselves.
1: And that's an important distinction. Yes. To belong to yourselves.
0: Yes. Yes. And that your
1: marriage, your marriage actually belongs to the two of you in your marriage. Right. Let's talk a little bit about what that looks like in the Thrive Marriage Lab. So we did a, uh, each year for our members, we have a free marriage weekend pre-marriage workshop that people come to and are able to participate in. And so in that workshop, we don't tell you what to do. <laughs> but, but we do give you a
0: blank sheet of paper, uh-huh, literally and some, pens. And, some <laughs> pens and we invite you to pick them up and, and we help you, we help you step in to what it is to write a story of belonging for yourselves Mm -hmm. and 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 quite literally build that
1: right and our our language in the in the thrive marriage lab is that we are helping couples build their house of belonging Mm -hmm. Uh, and we provide tools and we provide questions and we provide prompts and we provide uh maybe some things to consider but really, in our last podcast, we talked about taking up the pen and we're literally asking the couple to take up the pen and draw, architect, build your own unique house of belonging, how, how you are wired individually and how your marriage is wired and how you want it to look uh, and maybe consider some things that you know no other couple is considering. And the beauty of the workshop is that what results is that... Every single couple's house of belonging looks different Mm -hmm. and unique and beautiful and uh, unique to that couple. And that's what we want to invite couples to in the Thrive Marriage Lab. Yes. In the show notes, we're going to put a link to a download PDF of just some prompts for you to begin to consider what might be uh, some of the scripts. That you've co-opted, maybe cut, cut and pasted from someone, cut, cut and pasted from someone else into your marriage, and maybe uh, some prompts around what are uh, what are some things that you want to cut out, back out, write out, take right. out uh, of your marriage that have maybe lived there for I don't know a month, two months a year, two years, six years, 20 years, whatever that's been for you in your marriage, what would it be like for you to take up the pen and write your own story of your marriage? That'll be in the show notes. We also have the the story mini course that we just put out that we'd love for couples to begin the process of exploring their stories and what is it like for you in your marriage to both explore your individual story and the story of your marriage. So that'll be in the in the show notes as well. What is the name of the podcast again? The rise and fall. The rise and of Mars
0: fall Hill. of Mars Hill.
1: People are talking about it. People are listening to it. Uh, it is something that would be well worth uh, your commute time to to listen to as well. So there we go. All right, same time, same uh, same place next week, Tracy.
0: All right.